to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our sacred texts have to teach us about being in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we're living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us, as white people, about our role in resistance and in showing up for liberation? My name is Will Green. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith. Surge is a national network of groups and individuals organizing white people for racial justice. This podcast is designed to be a resource for white people working to resist racism and white supremacy. We welcome your feedback and especially appreciate feedback and accountability from listeners of color. A little bit about me. I'm a United Methodist pastor who lives on land that was inhabited by Pentecost people before the Christian invasion of 1620. I'm a white cisgender gay man, pronouns he, him, his, who serves a congregation in so-called Andover, Massachusetts. In addition to ministry in my church setting, I'm also involved in the work of prison abolition. We'll begin with two scripture readings. The first is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verse 3. The reading goes like this. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness, and praise to spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name, that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Amen. Wow, what a reading. (laughs) In in what I've prepared, I'm going to talk about exactly one verse from that reading, but uh, what an incredible reading. These are, of course, the lectionary readings for this coming Sunday, uh, the first first Sunday after Christmas, December 31st, 2017. Second reading is the gospel reading from the gospel according to Luke chapter 2 verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn man shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, quote, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there, fasting and prayer, night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. when I tell them Merry Christmas during the actual season of Christmas. And I'm not talking about the Happy Holidays Merry Christmas debate. I'm just talking about saying Merry Christmas between December 25th and Epiphany. Uh, But for the record, I prefer to say Happy Holidays to people in public who I don't know personally, obviously. Uh, The reason is because I can remember when I was younger and I used to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Thankfully, people who didn't celebrate Christmas corrected me. So I learned. Imagine that. Maybe it's because this was a long time ago when it seemed that people could learn from people with different experiences. Or maybe I was just lucky that my friends who aren't Christian respected me enough to help me understand that it wasn't cool to wish uh, Jewish people, for example, Merry Christmas. You know, once this was pointed out to me, it really was not that hard to get. It made sense right away. Not sure why people are so confused by it. Anyway, I say Merry Christmas in my church community and other places, and I say it here on this podcast because, of course, on this podcast we're talking about following Jesus. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. I'm recording this edition of uh, The Word is Resistance in the liturgical season of Christmas, the so-called 12 Days of Christmas. But sometimes it seems that even in the church, people don't get that Christmas is a season that starts on December 25th. So when I say Merry Christmas on, for example, the first Sunday of Christmas, people in church laugh or they react in some surprised way. For this reason, I like doing it. Uh, Not because it makes people laugh necessarily, but because when I say Merry Christmas in the season of Christmas, it makes people stop and think. It gets people's attention. However, subtly people stop and think, hey, wait a minute, this isn't something I normally hear in my normal day-to-day life. I wonder why the pastor is saying Merry Christmas and not using that term the way other people do. 
you know, during December. Wouldn't it be great if we were always so thoughtful and reflective about language in church that people would stop to think, you know, all the time and wonder why we say the things we do and what our words actually mean? For the most part, though, unfortunately, people in church culture have grown accustomed to words being formulaic and familiar and all in all pretty boring. So I, I appreciate the spirit of this podcast and our intention to receive and respond to the power of the word. So, Merry Christmas. We have a hard time celebrating Christmas during Christmas because of capitalism. What else? People are told that Christmas is a shopping season that comes in the autumn, and that really hurts our spirituality. So in the season of Advent, everybody is upset that it's, quote, Christmas already when it isn't Christmas, it's Advent, and then by the time it's Christmas, everybody is done with it. What I'm trying to get at is that a whole bunch of people don't want to talk about Christmas in church. It's because before the holiday, they're stressed out, and then during the season, by the time it gets here, they are spent. It's a pretty sad reality that people don't want to talk about Christmas in church during Christmas. Capitalism truly does ruin everything. But don't we know what it's like when people don't want to talk about and deal with the very things we should be talking about and confronting in church? Don't we know what that's like? What else don't people want to talk about in church? Hmm. Well, white supremacy and racism come to mind right away. This is a bit of a theme for us, isn't it? People not wanting to talk about, think about, reflect on, face, confront, acknowledge, and certainly not act on the very things that we should be addressing and focusing on. This is a theme, not just at Christmas, but so much of the time. I say all of this to introduce the scripture reading from the prophet Isaiah for the first Sunday of Christmas, from Isaiah chapter 61 going right into chapter 62, where we find a relentless spirit that says to the people of God, and here's the a quote from the passage, the one verse I want to talk about in this, this podcast, this quote for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The word is resistance indeed. In this sentence, I hear the voice of a prophet who knows that people do not want to talk about think about, reflect on, face, confront, acknowledge, and certainly not act on the very things they should be addressing and focusing on. This passage from Isaiah clearly comes from someone who is used to being told to stop talking, or at least to talk about something else. To me, this sounds like a message from someone who knows what it is like to continue to call attention to something that it seems that nobody wants to talk about. It reminds me of us 
in our efforts to continue to keep conversation, reflection, and action aimed against white supremacy and racism at the center of our lives. It seems like nobody wants to talk about it. And when I say it seems that nobody wants to face it by nobody, I mean, I mean nobody who thinks that their opinion matters more than everybody else's, yeah? Nobody who is used to directing the conversation. Nobody who is used to choosing the topics all the time and having all the attention on them and their needs. Some people want to talk about this stuff. Isaiah's announcement is a blessing to people who are constantly told to talk about other issues and focus on different topics. I think that people committed to disrupting white supremacy and being anti-racist, we will be blessed by the prophet Isaiah this Sunday. I know that I am. Because this is a righteous spirit that refuses to shut up and is instead committed to keep on shouting about what it believes in and hopes for and is called to proclaim. I am grateful for this relentless spirit of resistance. Now let me give you a little King James version here. Just one verse, that same verse, Isaiah 62, uh, verse 1. King James, I know. <laughs> I'm not a royalist or a monarchist. I'm a little sick to my stomach at the fawning over English royalty going on right now, but I do love this, this language uh, from the so-called authorized version. Not that I'm into that kind of authority, but it goes like this. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. Yes, 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 I love it. Righteousness and salvation burning like a very bright lamp. I love it. This is a passage about justice and well-being and safety, and liberation, and freedom, and right relationship, and a restored communal goodness for all creation. Until these things are clear, and real, and central, we must never hold our peace. As I hear these sacred words attributed to the prophet Isaiah, I'm reminded of sacred words attributed to the prophet Ella Baker. Uh, this quote, we who believe in freedom, cannot rest until it comes. You know the song. You know the words. You know the joy. You know the risk. You know the faith. This is what guides us in our work of anti-racism, dismantling white supremacy, and following Jesus. This is the joy we celebrate at Christmas. What a gift to be encouraged by this proclamation of good news. I want all of us who follow Jesus to be able to feel joy at Christmas. This joy is not an escapism or a retreat or a misrepresentation of reality. This joy we feel at Christmas is grounded in the justice that we seek. Now I feel, unfortunately and obviously, I feel like we are not going to get justice this Christmas. Hmm? Justice is not going to come to us simply because of the season. But the season of Christmas can bring us joy. And joy grounds us and blesses us for the sake of the journey ahead. How appropriate 
as we face a new year to ground ourselves in joy. And in the spirit of that joy, I'd like to conclude by turning to another reading for this Sunday, the, the reading from the Gospel according to Luke, stories of Simeon and Anna, more prophets. I'm going to say this, unlike me, and maybe unlike you, in, in this story, Simeon and Anna had each, separately, received a promise from God uh, that they would get what they were waiting for. They knew that before they died, they would be blessed with what they had lived their whole lives for. Simeon knew that he would see Christ, and Anna was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. They knew this would happen before they died. They were very old, and it happened. Now, unlike them, I will not see justice before I die. I will see death before I see an end to white supremacy. I will be dead before the struggle for justice comes to an end. This does not make me sad for myself. It's the way it is. I'm grateful to God that my life has a purpose that is bigger than me. I'm glad that my life is not just the totality of my efforts. Even if I live to be very old and I'm able to be very righteous and devout with fasting and prayer and meaningful action my whole life long, it isn't about me. The stories of Simeon and Anna connect me to a joy beyond myself. As I reflect on their little appearance in the second chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, I think of how many people have waited and prayed and acted and kept the faith and devoted their life, their death, and their whole self to justice. It gives me joy to imagine and realize that we too can join in this sacred calling. May Christmas connect us to the joy of this journey. Amen. Thank you for joining me. You can find out more about Surge at showingupforracialjustice.org and our podcast lives at SoundCloud. Search The Word is Resistance. You can interact with us there. Transcripts are available on our website. The music you hear is a live recording of a song gifted to the freedom movement by Dr. Vincent Harding. It's called We Are Building Up a New World. The group you hear singing is called No Enemies. They're a multiracial group of activists and musicians in Denver, Colorado, who come together for movement choir practice to bring singing back into direct actions and other movement spaces. This particular choir practice is from December 2014. It's being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We're deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use this song for this podcast.